Hey, so how's it guys? Today in this episode of Burning Questions, we are going to be tackling ratings agencies and why they are important. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great show. How's it guys? Welcome to this week's edition of Burning Questions. Today I have two incredible guests. I have Becky Mashlobo from the Center Risk Analysis, Center for Risk Analysis, where he is an analyst, and the esteemed John Andrews, who is the Chief of Staff at the Institute of Race Relations. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. Um, so today's today's question is more of a comment uh, made in response to uh, Rian's, uh, one of Rian's TikTok videos. Um, and I'm just going to play that video and then we'll, we'll jump into, uh, exactly what, uh, what is, what, it, what, what, what we want to discuss about, uh, credit ratings agencies, which sounds quite scary, uh, but it's quite an important topic and quite an important economic issue, uh, concept, uh, and, and entity to understand. So let's, let's take a look at, uh, Rion's video. Let me just bring it up and let's get that ball. Rolling. All right. Cool. Africa's economy shrank by 7% in 2020, the biggest since 1920, after being downgraded to junk status prior to the pandemic. With a debt to GDP ratio nearing 100%, this crisis can be solved by cutting public sector wages and spending programs, while implementing growth friendly market policies such as required by the African continental free trade area via tariff liberalization, which would boost the incomes of 68 million Africans by $450 billion and lift 30 million Africans out of extreme poverty. If the ANC implements these measures, South Africa's economy can be saved. All right, cool. So, guys, in response to this, into, yeah, in response to this video, we had a very uh, interesting uh, comment from from one of our from one of our viewers, and essentially his his comment was, and I'll bring it up on screen uh, to share it with the audience, uh, was that you do realize that ratings agencies are paid to give ratings. So in essence, they are hogwash. So uh, SIP Talk is making the argument that we can throw the baby out of the bathwater at a claim that uh, because uh, ratings agencies have to themselves be financially viable, uh, we can ignore what they have to say. So I think before we jump into his comments, um, John, do you mind just telling us what, why ratings agencies import are important and what they actually do for us yeah um so thank you for having me on the show really appreciate it um, and ratings agencies as you say sound quite scary but they're actually sort of a response to a need in the market um, and the, the background is that governments usually spend more money than they collect um, so they run deficits and they need to fund those gaps somehow they need to find the missing money somewhere and what they will do in order to close that gap is that they will borrow money. 
The way they usually do that is that they'll um, emit a kind of debt certificate, which is called a bond, um, which uh, they sell to the public or to international investors. And they say, look, guys, give us some money um, and then we'll repay you and we'll repay you with interest. And that is all it is. It's basically like a, like a loan, mm. loan for the government. Um, and these loans accumulate over time and that then forms that number, the debt to GDP ratio that Rian mentioned earlier. And in South Africa's case, that number is becoming very, very big and there are questions about whether it is, it is sustainable or not. Now, what ratings agencies do is that they assess how likely it is that a government is going to repay its debt. That's effectively all it is. And of course, the reason why this is important is because all those people who've you know, lent money to the government want to know, am I going to lose that money, which I lent to the South African government, or am I actually going to get it repaid to me the way it's set out in the bond conditions with the interest? That is what ratings agencies do. Okay, cool. So, I mean, Becky obviously it provides a lot of confidence to people wanting to put their money somewhere. Um, you know, so, I mean, on a, on an individual level, you know, as a citizen in South Africa, you know, I assume we'd want to have a good credit rating. So why, why should, why should ordinary people and why should the man on the street care about our credit rating? Yeah. So as what John explained, they essentially a credit a credit rating agency could be thought of as a risk assessor. It basically tells an investor uh, that buys a government bond, that loans money to the South African government, whether this government will be able to pay back in future. And if it, it is deemed that they're credible, they are given a triple A rating. Uh, the most popular rating agencies are Standards & Poor, Fitch and Moody's. And if South Africa's ratings are downgraded, it means that South Africa will pay uh, more uh, will pay a higher interest on new issued debt. Basically, means that the interest that the government needs to pay will increase. The uh, they will ask for a higher return because the bonds are deemed to be more risky, which is exactly what has happened uh, if you follow last year. And it matters to the ordinary person on the street because it means that the interest that the government is paying takes away from under expenditure measures that the government needs to finance, such as that of education and healthcare. So it, it's specific, uh, it targets the average South African on the street in terms of education, uh, such as that of poor households that go to public schools, as well as have access to public hospitals. So as the debt burden gets bigger and bigger, the interest to pay off that debt gets larger and larger, meaning that the government has less and less funds to essentially uh, pay for education, uh, uh, renovate education uh, schools, as well as uh, health case facilities. Mm -hmm. And there's a point that Gabriel makes, which I thought you think is a very good one, which is that um, the, the, these debt repayments actually go to wealthy people. <laughs> so. In other words, if you're rich mm. enough to lend money to a government, it means you've got surplus cash. And then you mm. get that back with interest, which is really nice for you. Mm. Um, but it's not so good in terms of distributing the state's income because it is meant to help mm. people who are struggling, really. Uh, and in the case of South Africa, I think our debt repayments are about 270 billion rand per year at the moment, which is a just uh, incredibly large amount. Uh, and I think we're only spending about 200 billion rand on the entire court system, the police and the army, the defense force. All of those things together is just about 200 billion. So we're paying more than that to wealthy people who were kind enough to lend us money. So the, these ratings really matter um, because the higher the interest rate, the more you need to repay, of course. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I, I mean, ratings are all very well, and I think where uh, Sip Talk's comment comes in is, you know, how can we trust ratings agencies? Why should we believe what they tell us? Um, so, John, do you want to maybe just give us some background? I mean, I know we chatted before this that you know it's not they're not always correct, or they might be a bit complicit in in maybe some things going a bit pear shaped. Yeah, so so the reputation of the ratings agencies suffered a knock during the global financial crisis because they rated uh, certain debt instruments in the United States as being high grade when in fact they were low grade. They really got that wrong and that helped to precipitate that financial crisis. Mm. And so I think you know they, they do have uh, quite a lot to answer for, but ultimately they are in, a, uh, in competition against each other and when they get it wrong, they, they do get punished. So the the uh, ratings agencies, I think, really trade off their reputation and their credibility. So they can't afford to get it too badly wrong too often because then they're going to lose business and people will start trusting other ratings agencies more. And I think these top three that Becky mentioned earlier are the ones that have been around the longest. You know, they've built up a track record. They got it wrong sometimes, but uh, in the long run, mostly their assessments have been correct. And that is why people trust them. I think a point that I also like to add to John is that a lot of the assessment of risk of investors uh, by rating agencies has already been factored in before the official stamp of junk uh, status in South African bonds. Mm, uh, this okay. is something that I've seen particularly last year when you look at the interest and this interest serving that government needs to pay on the uh, interest payments. It was increasing before the downgrade of South African bonds, meaning that investors were already anticipating that uh, South Africa essentially has junk bonds and might not be able to pay back its debt. So another way to think of rating agencies is that of a lagging indicator, meaning that it, it stamps what already has already occurred, what already has been uh, assessed by investors. I mean, I guess that's quite useful, especially after COVID pandemic, because we know that there has been a lot of, uh, you know, South Africa was in a, also already a very precarious position then. Um, and so at least, you know, the indicators might be more reflective of the real state of the economy, notwithstanding uh, what what COVID has has done to, to our economy. Um, so I just want to bring up a, a, a graphic um, that is from that sort of shows South Africa's credit rating. Um, it gives, gives a, as you can see, it gives a nice sort of feedback on, you know, how these these indicators work. Um, so just to start off with, um, John, do you maybe just want to explain currently what all these uh, indicators for South Africa at the moment mean for South Africa? Why would, what, if, what has happened that we are in sort of this uh, this grade at the moment? Yeah, I think maybe just a, a quick word on the table itself. Um, so you'll see that there's lots and lots of steps in this table. You know, upper medium grade, lower medium grade, speculative substantial risk, et cetera, et cetera. Those are your rows, and then your columns are the, the main ratings agencies, which are the three that Becky mentioned, plus DBRS. And AAA, as you said, is, you know, prime. It's the best you can get. You pay almost no interest on your debt if you've got that. And then the further you go down at the table, the more interest you pay. Mm. Um, and you'll see that South Africa is currently rated in sort of the, the, the topmost tier of speculative. So it is no longer considered to be investment grade debt, um, but it is still at the top of speculative. Mm. Um, 
the problem is that we've been on a tra trajectory over several years now, a downwards trajectory, which I think, Alex, you can maybe also just bring up. Mm -hmm. um, so you can see it's not a fluke that we're at this level at the moment. If you could just scroll a bit further down. Oh, thank you. That's perfect. Um, you'll see that we improved our, our credit rating um, during the Trevor Manual and, and Tabo Mbeki time especially, and we got into that investment uh, kind of level, which was a really remarkable feat. During that time, we halved our public debt. Uh, we achieved a budget surplus between 2005 and seven, I think, and this was really a time of very uh, strong financial management and strong management of the economy and very good macroeconomic stats that we had during that time. Then in uh, 2007, 2008, two things happened. One is the global financial crisis. The other is the election of Jacob Zuma and his faction um, as, as leader of the ANC and of the country. And what we're seeing here is the constant stepping down, 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 all the steps uh, into speculative territory. And that's a reflection of a lack of trust uh, of the in international investors in the economic management of the ANC government. So in a nutshell, really, this is what it reflects. Um, it's trust or lack of trust in government performance. So, Becky, I mean, we've just had news yesterday that, you know, um, Zuma is finally going to prison, alas, for uh, contempt of court and not all the misdemeanors necessarily of the past. Now, he came to power at the, at, and since his reign and, you know, our nine or ten wasted years. Um, and, but he's been arrested for corruption, but corruption in and of itself isn't necessarily what's giving in to this lack of confidence in South Africa's economy. Um, and so, if, do you want, maybe just want to touch on why, why investors lack so much confidence in South Africa and maybe just give one or two. If you were in Mboeni's shoes um, right now, what are the one or two things that you would do in your first day of office um, to, to steady our ship and improve our ratings. Yeah, so Alex, there's a point that you actually highlighted and it's quite significant and that is that of corruption. Corruption is that of a symptom of the broader thinking of the ANC. And that is the, as you can see in this graph here, the shift within the thinking of the ANC from policies that enable growth, that enable the cutting of government debt and led to a budget surplus to that, of, that also led to an increase in trust in South African bonds to policies that are wealth destruction, uh, that are that have resulted in increase in our debt as well as high budget deficit levels. I mean, these are deficit levels seen in, in times of war times uh, in, in South Africa's history. And so I, what I would do if I was a policymaker within the ANC is firstly, the first thing that needs to be done is that we need to implement policies that enable growth. It means actually looking at the labor markets and enable young people to work within the labor market and enable businesses to be able to start uh, to establish themselves as well as operate as normal. That would mean the cutting of policies, complete scrapping of policies such as EWC, with threat, which threatens investment in the country as well as fixed investment levels mm. in the country. From that level, I'll completely sell all SOEs or SOEs that are run badly and are hugely in debt and completely sell them off so that they don't become a burden on the state. That will allow South Africa to basically cut down on its debt and as well as focus on restructuring our debt obligations and paying off our debt, as well as cutting down of the, the civil service. Mm. Um, that's what that's what I would do. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, John, any last 
thoughts that you'd like to leave our, our viewers and listeners with uh, before we bring this to a close? Yeah, I would just echo what Becky said. Um, I think you can't get away with policies that uh, challenge property rights, undermine property rights, and expect mm. your uh, ratings to go up. That is the first thing you'd have to abandon. And then secondly, you really need growth-friendly policies uh, and stop intervening in the market. Um, and our government is intervening more and more and our ratings will get worse and worse because we know that where the government intervenes, things go badly wrong. Like, you know, ESCOM, SAA, Danel, Prasa, Transnet, you know, the whole slew of, of SOEs is badly managed. Government departments are not well run and really need um, much, much better labor policies, um, merit-based policies and property rights security. Then we can go back up those ladders, those steps. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's always an inherent contradiction that the government feels they must do more uh, and in fact, they should they should actually be doing less and let the, the South African people take control of their own lives. Well, guys, unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. To all our viewers, thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe, share with a friend. Uh, you can find this at 6 p.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, so that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much to my incredible guests for joining me today. And just remember, guys, your freedom is worth fighting for.